All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else. Oh, let's get this going. Episode 60. It's a big number for everybody, Ray. Get up, stand up. Episode 60. So let's think that's, that's fitting for tonight in so many different ways. So let's get going. Um, episode 60, our special guest continuing our Black Business Series is Miss Odessa Phillip, a.k.a. Dee. Yeah. Um, how, how do you say your company? Is it Aceto Consulting? It's Aceto. Aceto, okay. Yeah. Aceto yeah. Consulting. She'll be joining yeah. us tonight for our Black Business Series. Uh, week eight, I believe. I think we're going strong like in this that. thing. Something like that. So every week it continues to grow. And so tonight uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation with Dee Dee. But let's kick it off, uh, fellas. To the round robin, how's your how's your week thus far? It's been a long week, bro. It's not even over yet, man. A lot of stuff not- going on. There's monumental things going on, and uh, it's just 2020 just doesn't it doesn't quit, man. Just when there was a a glimmer of like light and a little bit of hope, playoffs were coming back, sports was getting their act together, and Another one, yeah. Another one, right? Like, it's America to America. Chris Rock say that Michael Jackson joke. Another kid, another kid, really, Mike? Another kid? This is like another black man, really? Right. Uh, let's start off with that. Let's. Oh, finish around, Robin. TV <laughs> got me all. So, Superfly, how are you? <laughs> you know, I'm under the circumstances. I'm I'm here. I'm healthy. Family's good. That's all I can um, hope for right now, man. Don't, I don't watch those videos, you know. So I haven't had that uh, the the weight of everybody else who witnessed that. So mm-hmm. right, but just hearing That's about it could, could bear some of the same. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I know what's going on, but you know. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. I feel. It's kind of hard to avoid it after a certain point because it's like they they post it everywhere almost like click me like it's right here it's right there i mean it's in the middle of everything and it's just a, a prominent topic right now and just hey what's yeah. good brother oh man you know it's good uh it was a long week like cb said i think i'm on day 12 13 working straight um, the weather out in Cali has been exceptionally hot for no reason whatsoever. So, you know, uh, I had a quick glimpse of uh, a quick, you know, reminder of what humidity was. And I, I didn't want to go back outside. And, but, you know, the workout must continue. You dig? Got them eight reps yes, in sir. today. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm over here training like it's a season and I ain't played nothing and I don't know how long. So uh, right. well, we said we said we were going to get ready for 35 and over, right? Yeah, well, if that's the case, I'm ready because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm in it. But uh, as of right now, the, the recovery process is a little longer. So it starts immediately after I'm done with the massage gun, hot ice, you know, hot heat and the ice and everything all the above, man. So right. other than that, man, you know, it's another week. I'm, I'm glad to get on this and, you know, kind of do something and get your mind off of something for a few. This is like release therapy at a certain point. Like we're down another week. Like it's feel like we're just sitting here with um oh my god. Ferocious fitness 
like we were last week, Rodney, and now here we are now with with Didi. So the weeks have been moving. Uh, I think we said it last. I've said it before. Like the beginning of this pandemic, when you started hearing, "Oh, 2021, you know, schools are going to open back up," and this is in March. And you realize how it felt so long away, and now we're pretty much in September, and now 2021 doesn't seem like a, it seems like we need a little bit more time because I don't think we're any farther along we were back in March. I was telling a friend earlier that it's crazy to think that the summer's almost over, but to some degree, I feel like summer hasn't even started yet. Like it's re- it just feels <laughs> really weird. Right, right. Grass yeah. is all green. Like you know, <laughs> dude, it's like all the all the normal summer stuff like is just not happening. Like all the barbecues all the like pool parties going to the beach like this stuff like isn't happening this year like it has in years past and so it just feels like yeah we're just continuing spring kind of and you know it's next thing you know it's it's going to be september well depending on who you are it's not happening because trust and believe like <laughs> i got enough people on ig i see out here living their best life mm-hmm. still having a, just a, a grand old time like we're not in the middle of a pandemic. What's I mean, pandemic? I, I went the definition of a pandemic to really understand right. that we're in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went and got a COVID test on a Monday, you know, and it was one of those things where it was super uncomfortable, but to have that peace of mind, like, you know, just to know that all the measures I've been taking up to this point have been working. So, right. you know, that, that was, that was good. Um, but yeah, now, like people should nose, want to have part. to do that. Right. The yeah. nose part. Can I get to you? Yeah. Bro, it was I it was like something I couldn't even anticipate. Like nothing like that. I've never felt anything like that before, you know, like tickling my brain pretty much. And they then they just leave it there for like <laughs> 10 seconds in each nostril. And I was, so oh. it's like you get through the first one and then it's like, "Oh, you got the Oh, they're coming right back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, um, cause I, I paid to get like one of the fast tests done. So I was going to know in like 10, 15 minutes and you could hear some of the other people that were in the testing center, like opening their door and be like, is the doctor going to see me yet? Like I've been waiting. And it's like, bro, everyone's been waiting. Like what did, you know, you're not special, bro. You came in here after me. They got to come back and tell me what's up. So, right. you know, but I, it, it uh, was like, even though I know I've been safe, like that was a really anxious 10 minutes. Like, you know, even though I was anticipating the negative result, it still is like, well, you know, what if I've just been carrying this and I've got no symptoms? Like that's, that's scary. So, right. you know, it's, people are acting like this stuff isn't out here, but you know, every every week it's like another person that it just gets closer and closer. Another person that you know comes down with it or knows someone that's come down with it. So people got to be safe, bro. Man, I took one about two months ago, and I think I was more originally more nervous about taking a test than the results at that point because I'm like, I've seen the videos of grown men crying because they, I'm like, how far do they go up? So to me, it wasn't that bad. It, I got the, the tickle side of it. And most people say it's uncomfortable. Some people say it's, it's more so ticklish. I got the tickle side of it. Oh, and man. I mean, it was real because there's like the five day waiting period. And during that whole thing, it's like taking any other test, you just sit and you got to wait for a result for about a week. 
And he's sitting there, just backtracking, like, who you done been around and who you done been affiliated right. with. I'm not even trying to be funny, though. Like, what medical provider y'all got that they still doing that old ass test through the nose? Like, I, I just had one the other day and I took it the swab in the mouth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what where are y'all going? Like, the hell is y'all doing? They don't, they're, they're not doing the swabs out here. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all in Silicon Valley getting the getting the, the Netflix test. Right, right. We ain't got that yet. The we test. the test right. 2E using a drone. Like that's how they right. got it to them. You know? Exactly. exactly. One test to determine everything. Hologram of Tupac <laughs> came in and just Hey. See this abuse DD? This is what I get from you on the West Coast. This is it. I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, you kind of brought it up, though. You kind of brought it on yourself. Right. No, because no, because it's funny. I mean, not funny in that sense, but like I still see because I like so they show on TV that type of testing, but there's other forms, and I don't know if that's just again, it was never situated like unless I missed it, but it was never determined which test produces a different, you know, is more effective, and and and. When they did it in there, like, cause I had to, I had to get it done through my, through my job because I went in on Saturday, and uh, and Sunday, and somebody tested positive that was there. Now there was only eleven people in the office. However, right. it was, you know, they do it just for, you know, uh, just to be on the safe side. So I, right. you know, they set it up, and I go in there, and you know, they handed it to me. You know what I mean? And it had the little the swab, and I swabbed it. It was like inside of you, you know, like as far as back as you can. I was like, well, I'm not about to hit him with the ah, you know, or anything like that. So, you know what I mean? So, and then it had the little cap, you know, you just, you know, put the cap on there and hand it back. You you actually put it in the little dispenser that has your name and stuff. And then it was like, all right, well, we'll let you know in 24 to 48 hours. And that was it. But I was just like, I was a little nervous. So I'm like, yo, if they try to get it through the, you know, tickle my brain, like, that's... That's a little. That's a little different. Like, oh, wait a minute. This, this, I'm reversing the question. You talking about what kind of providers we go to? What kind of provider are you going to? And they let you take handle your own test. Hey, listen. It's called. It's called. It's called listen, 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 listen. Uh, all I gotta say is I work for a very prestigious law firm, so you know they gonna make sure that they people are done, you know, properly. So they ain't gonna just send us to nobody. You dig? That's why you got those tests, bro. <laughs> that's why we got these tests. You just answered the question. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Got nose ring. <laughs> you didn't take him out to dinner. That's what I was doing a few weeks ago. Patty cake Piper and that delicious cheesecake. Um, but uh, yeah, no. This, I feel more comfortable with the five different forms of testing that they gave me that day was what, blood. It was two different types of swabs. Then it took my temperature. And then like my ears, like a whole bunch of different things. And I'm like, well, all right, that's that's fine as long as you, you're covering all the aspects. But hold and on, we, what's like, the blood about though? And, and I don't mean to get off a of topic, but what's the blood part they of wanted, it? I like, guess that's how to check the antibody if you've had it. Or if you if you're a carrier. So look, hey. I don't believe it, bro. That and listen, if, if, and I know that's just me. That that could be a whole nother segment, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, uh, it's just 
this is one of those things where you then you talk about the vaccine that you know the the smarter people are like I'm gonna wait to about a few you know hundred million or something like that go through that like and that. see what the side effects. So when you're talking about them drawing blood, it's like are they testing it? Like even if they're testing it against that, everybody's different. And I mean that's why I said it's just. I don't know. It, it's it's a different thought process when it comes to that part. When you know that there's, it's almost like you know they test for your blood sugar. You know what I mean? Or or you know they 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 test you know a certain way. If they tell you, oh, we're gonna get your blood as well. Like, nah, you can do it this way and not have all that extra me. <laughs> you know what I mean to get that test. So I'm just a little leery when it comes to that. But again, I'm out on the West Coast, so you know we got some weird shit out here anyway. So yeah, y'all just think differently. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'll give you that one. Uh, let's kick it off with uh, Jacob Blake. So, does everyone know that heard the story about Jacob Blake this week so oh. far? So, for those who don't know, I don't know how you could not know. It's, it's affected a lot of things right now. Uh, Jacob Blake was a young, young African American in uh, Wisconsin, Kenosha. Is that right? Um, and the story that I've heard is he broke up a fight. And somehow the police were there. And, but the thing is that when we see the video, we don't know what happens prior to the video. So when you see the video, you see him being surrounded by three or four cops and he's walking away and he's going to his car where his kids are in his car. And as he opens his door, one of the officers lets seven shots in his back. And like, this has been, so many different, like, I've heard so many different people's sides of this, and I'm like, I don't understand. I'm trying to rationalize with some of the ignorance I've heard. You know, my thing is, the question that I've heard is, why, you know, why was he going to the car to open the door? Okay, and if that's in the officer's defense, but my thing is, why did they let him get that far? Mm-hmm. There was going to be a question of him going to the car or not, you don't know where he's going. If that's going to become an issue, there's, you have at least 15, 20 seconds to react a different way before you allow him to put you in that situation or he, you know, to open a door and then they shoot. Mm-hmm. However you want to look at it. And it goes back to what we talked to when my dad was on his training, right? It's like, you, Chan was an officer for seven years. And, that, and when you put years behind an uh, officer being on the force, you don't know what type of seven years they've had. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have been, you know, had their hand held the whole time and never seen anything. And they're scared mm-hmm. to death every time out on the road, you know, out on the streets and they, they're interacting. And, you know, what's going on with, you know, social injustice right now, you know, that, that already has some of these guys heightened and they're ready to react instead of decompress the situation. It seems like almost every every week it's a different story. It's somebody's name we got to say. Now, we were just trying to say Breonna Taylor's name, and now we have to say uh, Jacob Blake's name. Now, I thought all the cops was mad because of defund the police and they weren't doing their job anymore. Like, what happened with that? Like, how how do you go from we not going to do nothing to we so scared that we got to shoot the dude in the back? Like right. I don't understand Seven how times. you have both. Ten times. <laughs> it's not, it but it's compounded. Blank. It's actually seven times point blank, right? You have well, to yeah. put that in perspective. He is 
like let's close. There's no ex there's no situation. If you were close enough to him to shoot him that closely, you were close enough to him to stop him from getting in the car, from going, from opening the car door, right? You, I mean, just kind of compounding it. I um, I work out and I'm using the Peloton app, mm -hmm. and I don't know how many of you guys like know anything about Peloton, but their company is like so pro Black Lives Matter, so pro you know, letting their trainers say whatever. So one of the, the yoga instructors, she posted something and she got like 1000 negative comments, right? Or I don't even know how many. And she, you know, it was kind of one of those, well, let her just, you know, just teach yoga and be quiet, right? And, but you're trying to, and then there are people trying to explain all of the things about this guy's character, right? Oh, well, he was beating his wife or girlfriend and they, you know, there are all of this explanation, but the reality is the officers let him get to a car, which created an escalated situation, period. And that didn't have to happen. Like, that's it. I didn't see any type of training come into no. play in that whole scenario. Any right. type of, and it's, it's, Three or four of you, maybe even more at this point. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And you just wa you watched him, and there there was nothing about how they reacted. Seemed tactful. It just seemed it just, it was a it was a it's causing uproar. And then if that wasn't enough, two days later they having peaceful mm -hmm. protests, and you've got a, a vigilante out there killing people, killed two. Injured one, maybe two more. Is it a vigilante? Like, talk to about a vigilante is like Batman who's stopping people from committing crimes. This dude just shot some people, right? His name is his name. It should be titled uh, "White Terrorist." You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't get the vigilante narrative. No, but that's what the news painting him as a vigilante. I'm but they, they said that one, his mom drove him across state lines to go to the protest with a AR-15 that he is not <laughs> legally able to use because he's underage. Facts. So not only that, but the, then you have him being aided by the police in these tanks that are sitting there walking around while the AR-15 is sitting on him like a like like you know what I'm saying like, like a regular little you know like he went to basic with him. Right. Right. So then. The, and then after he shoots them, walks past them, they never question him at all. Hands up the whole night, like as if he was guilty. He looked like he yeah, was guilty as like he was walking towards them. In. One even <laughs> thing he was stopped asking was somebody hurt down there. Right. Here's the crazy part of all of this, though, and it goes back to the Dylan Roof situation. Notice how there's no footage of when they went probably to go knock on his door. Ask him, can you please come outside? Can you please let us know where the, you know, where your rifle is? You know what I'm saying? Compared to, oh, you know, do you, hey, are you hungry? Would you like for us to go stop Burger. and, you know, let you get, like, are you serious? Like, there's no video of them pulling kick those where they just mobbing through this dude's house after committing murder. Murder. When we shooting everybody else who just, who, even if you're guilty of a damn traffic violation, it still don't mean that you need to be shot. Right. It don't right. even equal right. up. So white terrorists, I'm going with it. Damn, I, at this point, I'm, I'm ready to I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Right. I'm there. 
It meets now, the definition. All right. But it is it's like I said, it's always the narrative being painted right in the news. It's thug, you know, like you said, abuser, uh, whatever, you know, criminal, all these 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 words that paint a picture. And then when it comes to them, vigilante, all he was and then they even said he was getting water from the cops. He was out there with like it's it's always a, a better story, you know. Then the narrative is always different, which again is why that's the the NBA protested yesterday, which was I was so excited. Were you guys excited? I was like, that's so dope. That any time you see people just say, I've had it. Like this is it. I'm tired of singing, dancing, and yep. playing a sport for you. Like, no, I'm just not doing it. We're done. Yeah. It goes back to the shut up and dribble thing. Like, you know, there's mm-hmm. major issues in the world going on, but you and me tap dancing and playing a basketball game for you to yeah. you kind of escape for three or four hours out of your right. out of your day and you don't have to worry about what's going on out there. And yeah, yeah. we're in Black Lives Matter church, but you know, it, it's all lives matter, right? So it right. doesn't really, you know, that doesn't affect me. You know, all I'm watching is, you know, LeBron score 30. Right. But I, I was glad that uh, so there was a little division in between that too. So apparently they were going to come together as a unit and they wanted to band together as a unit and protest as one and shut all the games down. But up until the last five minutes before the game, it was up, you know, no, no decision had been made and the Bucks decided they weren't going to come out the locker room. Uh, the Magic was already on the floor play, uh, practicing, warming up and the Bucks decided they weren't going to come out. They forfeited the game, but the Magic will not accept the forfeit. They they stepped down too, so yeah. it's another dope gesture. But yeah, I think that was a the banding together would have been good. So you don't know who you know you can't pinpoint one person. But I think the fact that the Bucks took the spotlight in this because it was in their town, thirty minutes from where they play at, raining they MVP. had yeah right yeah, and they had to be the ones to stand up and do something like that. And, and bring spotlight to what's going on. Now, I think it was dope that the other organization, and I say the other organization because it's, you know, uh, America's pastime, which means shit to me. But uh, you're talking about Major League Baseball that ain't nothing but more white fans than anything else. When they just said, you know, we, we, we about that and we're not going to do it. And then to follow suit with the other ones, you know, soccer, the whole nine, it lets I think it I think you know that day put in perspective that uh, we you know athletes tilt the scale a little bit more than they would than they really you know think and at power. the same time no, no. Yeah. you know if they realize the how much power they have it would force a lot of hands to make a lot of decisions that hasn't reached those desks yet yeah. and like well, Ron said it we need to start making these owners more accountable and do things. Yeah. All the money that they are paid as um, as uh, players of a sport still never equates to the amount of money they make for somebody right. else, right? Exactly. And so when your entire herd, right? Because I, I, that's kind of what happens, right? Football, basketball, baseball, they're herds, right? All of those players end up being your cattle. When your cattle isn't going to be available for you to make a profit, 
you who does wield a lot of power, now all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, 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 you know, let me get myself together because yeah. I, I can't afford, I can afford for them to do it one day, but they can't be doing this for two weeks because that's just right. going to cost me money. And now maybe I need to make that phone call to make sure that they're going to play tomorrow or next week or what, what have you. So that's, that's, there's power in understanding what role you have to play in that entire equation. There were two scenarios I would, that could have played out here with the NBA. Like uh, apparently in the, in the player meeting, assuming by this point everybody knows, like both LA teams walked out in unison saying they were, they were done with the bubble. They were, they were upset last night and they were ready to leave, pack it up and get back to business out on the streets. Um, and all day, and I, I listened to some other people, and I thought about it. Now, ha, has had the bubble actually ended? Like last night was it, and then there was no more NBA. Uh, I think that would have. I would have loved to see the outcome, how it affected football, because mm. I want. I would love to. Football is the biggest sport. Right now, it's more powerful than NBA. I would have loved to see. And it still may happen in some form or fashion. I will. I would love to see the Cowboys not show up for Jerry. Not it'll never happen. The difference between the NBA and the NFL from the power structure standpoint, like the NFL is an owner's league, whereas the NBA is a player's league. So you talk about like literally okay. LeBron shifting, uh, you know, power because he's one player and he goes to one other team in the NFL. Yeah, you can have, you know, star quarterback go from here or there, but it's not the same like basketball because you have so many less players um, and just, you know, how the, the contracts have have escalated like the the play, the players in the NBA have so much more power from their position than the players in the NFL do from from like that standpoint, it would be a much bigger message if the NFL jumped on board because it is the biggest sport in the country. But I think that there's enough of those dudes that, you know, this is their one chance to get, you know, some money mm -hmm. and they don't want to jeopardize this one once in a lifetime opportunity. And it, it, it's hard when you have to weigh, you know, maybe what is the socially responsible thing to do and what's going to be the right thing for you personally, you know, like, who, so who can, I, I, that's not an easy judgment to make. I think it also depends on the who is making the uh, decision to boycott. So, like, the fact that LeBron is really the face of the league plus the most, um, you know, or one of the most, like, active, uh, you know, speakers about what's going on in the world has a big influence. So if you had, like, the quarterback from Kansas City, you know what I mean, some of the other, like, top athletes in the league. Yeah have that same type of posture, then you might see something different and the other players will fall in line. But I do agree with you that, you know, you have a ratio of like 65 players to, you know, one owner versus 12, 15 players per owner. This is a totally different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy part is if you think about it, because me and my own boy was talking about it, you know, the way that the Lakers and the Clippers uh, kind of made their standpoint how dope would it be if they get to the Western Conference Finals and be like, right, right. <laughs> now do something. All right. You know what I mean? Because it, it hurts. It, it, it's got to it's gotta tilt the power structure. But at the end of the day, you know, as, as great as we would like the NFL to be, they, they're never going to be that. And at the end of the day, 
you know, even with some of the, the organizations, like, you know, I, I think the uh, Seattle would have been one that would have definitely sat out a game because they're a previous owner that just passed. He was definitely about, you know, a lot of social things that were going on uh, up in that Seattle area. And, mm-hmm. you know, but again, you're not going to have that uniform throughout the way because, you know, we already know what the mother uh, owners is looking like. You know what I mean? Like I said, Jerry Jones, he ain't hurting his pocket. Yeah, they cannot play because he got other stuff going on. But there's other owners that, you know, they, they pull too many strings. He's still dictating how they're going to respond to the national anthem. Like, right. Right. <laughs> right. He, he's, I mean, he's in the past, man. Right. Well, I, I think, I mean, they sat on practices today. Uh, I think they will do something. Has, something has to be done. I think there are enough people who feel a certain way to where they will do something. As long as it's not like that, this kneeling unison thing, and having Jerry's old ass on the on the ground again, kneeling with his his cattle, as you say, Dee Dee. Right. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, this went longer than I thought it was gonna go. I knew it was gonna spark some some good convo, but. Get Up, Stand Up, our Black Business Series. Tonight we have D.D. Odessa Phillip from Aceto Consulting. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. For those who are watching on IG, Facebook, Instagram, I mean, uh, YouTube, uh, like our page. We're trying to get our YouTube numbers up because one of our guys we had on the show like last year, he's got 100,000 followers and got the little YouTube plaque this week. Oh, so we need him to tell all his followers to like our page, and maybe we get one too. <laughs> and we can split whose house is that. Let's forget it or whatever. Right. But, uh, Didi, so tell us, what is Aceto Consultants? So, um, thank you, first of all, for having me. Uh, and I joining. also appreciate that early conversation. That's a good, like, warm up. Yeah. Um, So what Aceto Consulting does is we explain infrastructure projects. This is complicated. I'm going to break it down. We explain infrastructure projects uh, to to the people who are impacted by them so that they can make informed decisions um, about how it's going to affect their lives. And so let me give you an example. Uh, Let's say we're building a highway. Um, The the state decides they're going to build a new highway. Uh, and if you're in Maryland, you've heard of the Intercounty Connector. That was a project that I worked on for way too long, seven years, something like that. Um, but what my role on that project was, was to be the person that would go to the uh, all the property owners adjacent to the construction and help them navigate the construction process. And that's what Aceto does. So it doesn't matter what kind of infrastructure. We do a lot of work with utility companies now, so gas, electric. Um, water utilities, and they're going to be doing construction. It's going to be near your home or your business. We are the ones that are the liaison between the government or the the owner and the property owner. So, yeah, it does. So when when a project begins, who typically contacts you? uh, It we're, so it depends. So uh, a lot of times now we're hired by the, the state or by the owner of the utility. Um, and that's because um, in a lot of ways it makes sense for them to be looking out for their own interests, right? What we try to do is make sure that people um, people can make a good decision so they have all of the information, 
And uh, I'll be candid when I tell people about why I started the company, there's this man, this little old man. And I was a, an engineer. I'd come out of the Mecca, Howard University, <laughs> civil engineering. <laughs> Our future vice president uh, with the Howard. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, yes, I Make sure y'all <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. She got she came from the best. You've got to be the best. Um, but um, I, I had graduated from school. I was an engineer. I was a designer. And I went to a public informational meeting. And there was this little man. And he was walking around the meeting talking to people. And I was curious. He was a black guy. He kind of reminded me of my grandfather. And he's walking up and asking a question and then walking away from the person, then walking up and asking a question. And I was nosy. And after watching him do that several times, I walked up to him and I said, is there something I can help you with? And he, he explained his question. And I realized at that moment that everybody gave him a technical answer and no, no one gave him a practical answer that he could completely understand. And so I answered and he was like, well, why didn't anybody else say that? Um, all of a sudden, he'd been there for an hour. And so I realized that this was a skill set I had. I had the technical experience and the education to be able to understand the, the, the project, but I had the communication skills to help people understand them. So uh, when you ask, we have a hashtag, our hashtag is we engage, educate, empower. So we, we find people who need to know about the project, we educate them, and then we empower them to do something better. And, and I think a lot and say, it's really because there are so many communities, a lot of times it's black and brown communities that are the ones that are negatively impacted by projects, and I have the ability to help change that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a whole lot of quality control. <laughs> <laughs> Are yeah. you are you are you generally based out of DC or you know DC metro area or do you work uh, nationwide? So right now, but we never we never stop ourselves and keep ourselves in that little Absolutely. bubble. So most of our client work right now is in the DC Maryland area. So we do a lot of work in Baltimore and in Prince George's County, um, but we have now expanded. So we're doing a lot of work in kind of uh, some of the other Maryland suburbs: Harford County, Carroll County. Um, and, uh, and now we've got work in Delaware. So we're doing work for a, a Delaware utility. So we're, we're slowly but surely growing outside of just, uh, the DC metro area. Awesome. Um, yeah. How long have, uh, have you been in business? Eight years in a month. Oh, congratulations. Everybody on their anniversary month. Yeah, congrats, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's amazing. It's amazing. How um how long did it take you to come up with the idea, put everything together for uh, for a C though? Like this is this is the lane. This is how how long it's going to take. Uh, actually, I, uh, a friend of mine told me that uh, when I first met her, so she owns her own another business that we do we partner with at times. And she said when I first first met her, I I was probably at the time like twenty six or twenty seven. And I walked right up to her and said, I'm going to start my own company. I don't remember this at all, by the way. Uh, I'm going to start my own company one day. And so we're going to work together for a long time. Um, and apparently the, I, I had I had it in the back of my mind. 
Um, I had worked for a company when I was on the ICC, I worked for a company that does what I do. Um, but what they didn't have was the technical expertise and background. So they were all like marketing comms folks. And I kept saying, there's a way to do this a little bit better. And that is to add the marketing comms folks with the technical folks. And so my office, we have like two tracks. You can be an engineer and a planner, an urban planner, or you could be a journalist, marketing person, graphic designer. And we're all in one office and it works, it works really great to have a little bit of both in the same, you know. Nice. Yeah. Left brain, right brain people all in one office. <laughs> it's it's interesting. <laughs> How has the um pandemic affected business for you? Uh yeah. So uh by the grace of God. So the at the very beginning, I just I think all of us in business just froze for a minute. Um, but, you know, if you're spiritual at all, you know that you've got to find peace and silence. Um, and out of that silence comes idea. And so I was silent for a while. Uh, my business manager who prays every single day, like 10 times a day was like, okay, we're just gonna pray and we're gonna make it through. And she, I cried and then she was like, all right, now we're done with that crying business, we gotta go. Um, and so she let me cry for like literally 20 minutes and then she's like, I'm over this crying. And so my staff, we went home and then, um, for like two weeks, we were kind of slowing down because we didn't know what was going to happen with our clients. Um, but because of the kind of work we do, our clients were like, Hey, we can get double the amount of construction done because there's nobody on the road. And um, so some of my projects like sped up instead of slowing down, they sped up. So we just hired somebody last week. We're, nice. yeah, we're in the, we're going in the growth uh, direction, which is a real blessing. And we're not taking it for granted by any stretch, but uh, we've been busier in the last three months than we had been. So I'm very grateful. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And blessings we coming in always. Have, yeah, we are, you never know when the blessing's going to come. But if you take <laughs> a moment to have the, the silent moment and then just kind of think through it, um, then you can kind of find a way to the other side. Right. Yeah. Right. I saw on your, your page that uh, 210 is one of your projects. Uh, where do you live? I know where you live. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was on the two ten side, but I had to get had to get away from two ten. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, I'm on the yeah. I'm on the branch side now. Okay. I'm on the two ten is it is one of the worst roads in the world. It is. It really, it's actually it really, one of the highest crash rates in the state. And that was and, uh, and deadly. Yeah. Well, so I have looked into why that was apparently. Since there's no shoulders, a lot of people use it as a drag strip. Yep. Yeah. So the yeah. construction on 210, uh, in some ways, will kind of make that easier to do because we're removing a traffic yeah. signal. Uh, and then we are actually removing several traffic signals. In the long run, the entire project <laughs> removes traffic signals. However, um, 
on roadways, uh, other places in the state. So they did a similar thing on 29 in uh, Montgomery County going into Howard County. And while initially your instinct would be people will drive faster, um, you might have stretches where you can drive unimpeded. But what happens is you no longer have the conflicting movement coming across. Um, and that actually increases safety. So it's kind of a weird um, situation, but it actually gets a little bit better once you've got it all in place. It'll just take a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, being someone who works with like infrastructure, construction, um, especially in like Prince George's County, I'm a lifelong resident. Like, can you, I love my county, but like, I think, I feel like, you know, people love to complain here and about the <laughs> lack of stuff that they don't, that we don't have. Do yeah. you have any insights as to like, from, from a commercial perspective, um, you know, some of the things that might be like holding back or like endemic about the county that, that doesn't allow, you know, businesses to flourish the way, you know, other yeah. counties. So for, I, I have lived in Prince George. I grew up in Montgomery County as a kid, but I've lived in Prince George's County for 20 plus years. And um, I do a lot of work with the county. And what we have seen in the last two county executives, um, so our current county executive, Angela also Brooks and our prior, Rusher and Baker, um, is that the county needed some like really strong leadership um, and Rushern Baker especially was a visionary and there are not a lot of visionary leaders that this county has had. So in comparison mm -hmm. to neighboring counties, we were struggling with that visionary piece. Um, so the, inst the installation of National Harbor, it took a whole lot because you had to convince businesses, right? To invest in an area that everybody else in the world told them would never support it, right? Mm -hmm. That Black folks were never going to go shop in a higher end place like National Harbor. You'd never get people to come across the river to go to a casino there. Um, but they're wrong. What you had to do was start, start with a plan and showcase how you were going to make each part of that plan work. Um, I happen to be working on a couple of different projects. So this is probably good for you um, as a lifelong county resident where we are looking at how to bring more destinations into the county that are not just, so one of the problems is it's a residential county, right? Mm -hmm. What you see in Prince George's County is just like all houses, houses everywhere. Every time you see new construction, it's gonna be houses, right? And if it's not houses, it's apartments. So right. you don't see uh, large business infrastructure, commercial coming in. What you do see is a lot of industrial industrial uh, generates revenue, but it doesn't generate revenue the way that commercial businesses do, right? And, and understanding that difference. But it requires that the county plan better to encourage that to happen. I'll give you an example. One of the best places is by the Washington football team stadium. Mm -hmm. If you look around the NFL, right? Bringing it back to football, because I love football, right? <laughs> if, you look around the, if you look around the NFL, what you have seen is that owners have started recognizing that the best way to, to develop and get people to their stadium and to continue to spend money there is to develop the area around it with other 
amenities, right? So instead of it, so look at Nat Stadium in DC. You've got the stadium and you have a district around it that has, you know, places that you can eat and drink, spend money, shop, right? Look at Baltimore, look at Orioles Stadium in Baltimore. Exactly the same thing. That stadium came into play and then they slowly put other amenities around it that were uh, enticing and brought people not just on Sunday or not just on game day, but they would go there at other times. The county has been trying to, to undo this reputation as only being a residential county, but it does take planning for real development. So one of the biggest things that's coming is, you know what the biggest thing is? The hospital. The hospital. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Over there where the Magic right. Johnson was. Yeah. Right where Magic Johnson was, right? So now if, if done correctly, and I think that the planning around the hospital has been great, if done correctly, that will become a hub that then businesses, other destinations are going to grow around it right? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to start to change the county. But placing those the, the destinations in good places is part of the problem. So right. we've got National Harbor, that's South County. We're going to have the hospital that's Mid-County, right? Up where I live is Up County. We don't really have a destination. We were trying to get that racetrack, but we couldn't, right? We couldn't get it out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need some other Up County destination, which Conterra, I don't know if you ever heard of Conterra, um, no. where Con- road is um uh, it's like in laurel and it was supposed to turn into yeah the next Reston. right i know you're talking about they couldn't convince any businesses you couldn't convince macy's those kind of big box uh high-end tiffany stores they were having a hard time believing that they could come in the north county and get people to spend money here Mm -hmm. and that really has dissuaded it so until they find a way to create that third big hub, um, what the county has been doing is a lot of mini hubs. So I'm working on a project that's looking at Hyattsville. Yeah, Hyattsville is crazy. Hyattsville, but Hyattsville is looking good. Like that arts district is. Oh, there. absolutely. Yeah, they. That bus right. and poets is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you can see that there are places, there are little pockets, and instead of doing it really big scale. Now the county is like, let's do this one little area mm-hmm. and then let that let it do its own thing and morph into whatever it's going to be. And then let's do the area next to it and let it more. And that's going to create. And I believe it'll hold on to your property if you own property. I believe it's going to change. It's on its way up. <laughs> All I know is whoever is responsible for putting that Chick-fil-A in Clinton, Thank you, because that was that's look that's the start. You get Chick Fil A to come to Clinton, in an old beat up shopping center where it was a Kmart. And Toys R Us and closed down. They didn't know if they wanted to be a. I Kmart grew up there, there, man. I grew up that's there. You don't know how long it's <laughs> that been. Place is, it's been dead forever, and the Popeyes held on. But there's a Chick Fil A now. There's an Aldi, a Ross, yeah. all those places. Have Tropical smoothie, up. bunch of stuff over Tropical- there. Exactly. All those places showed up. So, like you said, little pockets. You can see those things. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, they they were already look that place right there. I've seen the plans for that. And Don't laugh at me. <laughs> look, I've seen the plans yeah. for Iris Mall. That place once a, once the National Harbor got passed to happen because my uncle does all the the real he does real estate and he was like. 
he told me the plans was gonna happen around Iverson Mall, and then he was like, "They're never gonna put a Chipotle and any of those high end places over there." And they, first of all, they better not get rid of the cookie company over there because that that's that's a staple in itself. But the Chick Fil A showed up. There's a there's a tropical smoothie over there too. They put they pushed the shoe stores out of the the shop, the mall because mm-hmm. those were the only stores that was keeping the mall alive. And now they have reason to to go in there and do what they have to do. So. I get, I get it. That whole area. I mean, thing is, you have to the surround. I think you probably can build the infrastructure first, but then the area around it will begin to change slowly. But that they got a long That's way. And, a uh, long way. I was the mall got a long ride. But you got a metro station not that far exactly. away, so they should be able to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I worked at a law firm years ago, and I remember we had a couple real estate attorneys there as well. And I saw the plans, the ideas for the National Harbor before even became before the construction even happened. And they already had a plan. They wanted the casino to come there. They just didn't know how to go about it. So that makes me think sometimes that you know you vote. Do you want the casino to come? Yes or no. But whether you vote or not, it's it's coming anyway because the county knows the kind of revenue and the money that it's going to bring in. So that decision is already made, whether you're voting for it or not. Yeah. It, it is what it is. A huge part of what I try to get people to understand is how much they need to understand every day, kind of watch everything that's happening. Because like you just said, we the plans the, that I'm working on for these areas are 20 year plans and I'm working on them now. So they're not gonna be in place in 2021, it's gonna be in place in 2040. And, right. and so if you're not paying attention, you miss, Kind of the opportunity to to frame what your future looks like. Right. right. Like, yeah. like again, like you said, the slow, the, it's the slow burn. Now, again, look at the look at Oxen Hill. They redid Oxen Hill High School, so now it's a big yeah. tech tech school. Yeah. There's a top, there's a top golf right there. Top what golf. is it? There was no there's no need for a top golf in that area, but again, Harbor's right there. It's the top yep. golf, right? Harbor is Harbor is right there. But you saw Oxen have... Hill Road got back. Did you see Oxen Hill Road when they put the little yeah. uh, the little islands and there's bike lanes on Oxen Hill Road? Really? I was like, yes. Yeah. You can yeah. see yeah. again. It's, it's a slow burn, right? You can see that that area. There's a Target in Rivertown now. Yeah. So, yeah. This so is mind little... blowing to me, who hasn't oh, been there man. in a long time. They hear. Wait till Oxen you see Hill. it, man. Has a and like, I graduated from Oxdale High School. Like, like I, I know what it was. Yeah, right. That's, oh, I mean, you that's can what be saying, proud but... now. Yeah. yeah the whole area exactly. is beginning to look different. Like, again, that Kmart lasted in Rivertown for almost 40 years. It was for, forever. It's been there. Like, that was the last thing holding on. Old Navy came and went. It became a Ross, but now it's a target there. So, again, staple type businesses that. They're gonna yeah. bring in the type of people that they want. Look, 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 look at DC. Yeah. Look how much DC is. Look at how much Southeast has changed. Southeast, Southeast yeah. and Southwest. I, so when I was there, unrecognizable. I didn't walk in DC without like right. people and yeah. and their boys. Right? Yeah. right. Not when I was a kid. No way. Right. Not when I was in right. college. Right. Not right. when I was in college. And now, man, I remember I knew DC changed when I used to drive. I was driving down Pennsylvania Avenue where like the DDGP shop was, and I saw like white people walking around. <laughs> and I was like, yo, this is uh, it's over. No, 
And this is like 15 years ago. They have like a lap dog on on, yeah. on like a chain. I was like, what happened? Exactly. Yep, that yeah. was a yoga mat. And look, dog, it'd be like midnight. And they just walking right. around carefree. No worries. Like, yeah. Really? It was definitely different than what it was when I graduated 20 something years ago. Right? right. They they pushed out horse and dickies, a staple. Like that place was making money. Gone? Yeah, that one in DC is gone. The, the original yeah, the shoebox is gone. This is one of Camp Springs now. Yeah. It's running uh Tacoma Park, I think. But yeah, it's wow. That whole place has changed. And that gets to my next thing. Like I saw you have you posted a couple pictures of bike chairs on your on your on your page. So you were involved with bringing bike shares to these areas? To Prince George's. Yes. That's it's my, so like, it's my, like, I love my bike. As a matter of fact, my bike is in my living room right now. Um, I chose my office space because I wanted to be able to ride my bike to work. And I do, right? Um, it's like, it's an amazing thing to, to allow transportation to connect people, no matter how much what their financial situation is, right? And that's what transportation does. So um, bringing bike share to this county and having a way for people to be able, no matter what their financial situation is, you can kind of afford to get on that bike share bike. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and it, it's about short trips. So those little community pockets I was just talking about, you know, bike share is not about riding for 30 miles. Bike share is about like, I need to get from my crib over to the store and like and get back you know right. um the as a matter of fact down in oxton hill um one of my, one of my clients is the department of public works and transportation they're about to bring something really cool so be on the lookout um that's all i'm gonna say uh, in, <laughs> in south county a cool new transit option that's really cool it's a pilot and it's going to be really low cost it's not that trolley they tried to bring in DC, is it? It's, no, it is not. <laughs> the trolley be popping on Eighth Street. Don't sleep. <laughs> no, it is. It's going to be better than that, and it's going to be. It's going to be the. It's a great equalizer. That's all I'm going to say. But nice. you love South County. Be on the lookout. Look, seriously, I I remember. I figured bike shares would come to PG eventually. Because I remember in certain areas, I used to see the bike shares that were only belong in DC. People had the bikes in Oxford <laughs> Hill. So I was like, yeah, well, they ride these bikes up here. Yeah. In Parking them on the side yeah. of the highway and everything. So like, they got to break something up here. Yeah. Bringing the bikes. And I've I mean, ridden yeah. that bike share bike across the Woodrow Wilson Bridge from yeah. Oxford Hill, across the bridge into Alexandria. I'm just gonna put this up. Who, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> I have no idea. And why? No and why is she commenting on our, you know, our stream on Facebook? I've never. Oh, I don't know. Who has uh, a baby? You're the only one with a male baby, Kaleo. <laughs> the male <laughs> baby. Right. <laughs> the male baby. The rest of us, it ain't me, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is like if you see that lady's picture. You're thinking right. like there's only I'm one person on the screen. I'm like, I'm like, see me? <laughs> and I'm like, that's not Lola. <laughs> like, 
Who is this woman <laughs> posing as my grandma? Man, how we get zoom bobbed in this joint? <laughs> right. Edie got all the teeth. <laughs> right. Now, Edie, Edie, I got Edie, a question Edie, for look you. Look at that. Edie look at that profile picture. She, Absolutely. That, she, she, she giving it's up so game. Cool. So, Didi, I got a question for you. What yeah. what's what what's what's the biggest what's one of the biggest hurdles in in either tackling a project and have you ever received a project from someone else that did not do a good job that they actually had you come in and say I just need you to fix this or do something other than what this other company that we hired do. So, yes and yes. So the biggest hurdle is having a client who doesn't believe in what you do. Um, and and a team. So we're usually sub consultants to a bigger engineering company. And a lot of times they're like, oh, we need our woman owned or minority owned business credit. Right. So in Maryland, in the state of Maryland, uh, it depends on where you are and what project it is. But about uh, somewhere between 28 and 35 percent of the work needs to go to a minority or woman owned business. Uh, also, interestingly, Prince George's County has an additional piece to it, which is that it has to go to a local headquartered business. So um, there are a lot of people that will select our team because they're trying to check one of those boxes off, but they don't believe in what we do. And uh, one of the other things I'll say is that I'm an advocate. So I toe the line between being an advocate for people and communities and being a, uh, a client or being responsible to my client. And I tell my clients, hey, if what you're doing is wrong, like just out, outright wrong, we'll, we're more likely to walk away. If you're gonna do something that is absolutely wrong, I'm so blessed that I can say, that's wrong, I'm not gonna do it, and I can walk away from that. Um, but when, so in the exact same situation to answer your question, we've had times where the client would listen, we kind of were like, you know, you're going to need to do more than just the bare minimum, right? And they do the bare minimum and then everything goes to shit, right? That's the yep. you know, truth of the matter. And then, you're, and then you have to try to fix it. Um, so we've definitely had situations like that. Um, and not necessarily that somebody else didn't do it well. That has happened. Um, but a lot of times when somebody else doesn't do it well, we try to figure out if we can partner with that group. Because one, I had a mentor who said to me, there's more than enough work for everybody to eat, right? So it's not so important that, and by the way, I'm like obsessively competitive, right? So this, it's kind of like a dichotomy for me to say that, but there's enough work that we all can have work. But I don't want to one, go try to fix what you did because I might not be able to fix it, right? I'm not necessarily the fixer. But if I can partner with you and tell you ways to improve what you're already doing, then that that might be my first that might be my first attempt, right? Um, and if you still don't want to listen, then yes, we might you know be able to step in. And our clients that has happened where our clients said they just didn't do it well, and I can help kind of navigate it. Um, I do think the other side to that though is now after being in business for um, <laughs> in business for a while. Um, we're able to, we're able to, uh, choose. So pick and choose the clients that we want to work for and the big companies. So one, if, if you don't want to ever pay me and I'm going to have to beg you to pay me what we're worth, 
yeah, I'm gonna just we're yeah. just gonna do a hard pass on right. on work. Yeah. So I'm gonna can you um, talk about oh sorry. I was gonna ask just about the the makeup of uh, your business versus what you see out there commonly in construction and engineering um, mm. and how you've been able to uh, kind of navigate that. So it's not very common that you have a female engineer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then we just add the fact that she's a brown one, right? So a black female engineer uh, that went to an HBCU, um, although just in case you didn't know this, Howard graduates the most entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs in the country. <laughs> um, but um, uh, oh, this is one of my this is one of my clients. Don't sell yourself short. I've seen you fix the unfixable. Um, so every now and then I have to try to fix the unfixable. Um, but the 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 reality of of trying to like navigate through. Um, racism, sexism, uh, I have found that the cure, which is probably going to sound crazy, is just love. Like, I operate from a space of love and believing in people, right? Like, I do a lot of work in Baltimore, and I walked into some of these communities, and they were like, yeah, you're Black, but listen to how you sound. You ain't from Baltimore, you know, and then I have to kind of find a way past that, right? And these are, you know, people that look like my grandmother, but they're like, but you don't sound like me. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I'm sitting in that room with them and they're like, hey, baby, they've forgotten because I'm able to come from a space of, I don't want you to be impacted, you know, negatively impacted by this project. I want us all to win. And, and that's what really helps to change that dynamic a lot um, because you want people to you want them to know what they need to know you want them to make a good decision and i come from that space well all of my clients see that too right so when they're coming to us to do work they say well she knows how to navigate that i can navigate a room full of 500 white folks and i can navigate a room full of 500 black folks where half of them are angry um and 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 a group of just any any group of people mostly because the space that we're coming from is, mm -hmm. a, is a space of That's love power right and true like true caring and and then if you look at my office and the the the, the racial and the age mix of my staff right so you would think like i'm a black a black woman black owned business and my staff all looks like me mm -hmm. no. I, not at all uh we've got white guys that are awesome like they're they're really really smart and they're they're really um i'm using this word and i laugh every time people say it but they're like the most woke group of folks <laughs> <laughs> like they, everything about them they, what they try to do they're doing it also for the same reason that i am that it's mm -hmm. the right thing to do and it's important to have community voices and projects and so because we're all coming from that same space uh it makes it so much easier right yeah. so our newest employee is a, a, a woman from uh, New Mexico, but she's of Mexican descent. Um, I've got black women, I've got white men, I've got black men. I don't have any white females, but not for lack of, you know, just trying to hire the best people, right? I'm right. not trying to hire based on what you look like. I hire based on like what you feel like. Like, how do you feel to me? Do you feel authentic? 
are you the are you going to come to other people from a place of authenticity because like we're never going to be able to go into miss mabel's neighborhood if we're not coming from that space because she's going to tell you to get out mm-hmm. yeah my uh, i was going to ask you how much uh, what's your current number of staff how, how many people do you have on staff we are now at 13. nice nice um and my follow-up was to tell me, you know, to speak on them because we, I don't, we, we haven't had any a couple of companies and, you know, they can speak on their staff. So I was going to tell you to speak on your staff, you know, what goes into when you hire, but you kind of answered a lot of that when you. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, like the secret sauce, I think. Um, my secret sauce on my staff is that we hire as a, we do a group panel interview. Like a lot of government does these panel interviews. But we've turned it. We don't. We don't do it just like you're checking off boxes. Each one of us is looking for something different. Mm-hmm. So one person in my group is looking for culture. Well, they fit with the culture of our company, right? So we've got core values, and our core values. It's an acronym, but it's quality first. Where first is you know flexibility and fun, integrity and innovation. Uh, now, of course, I'm going to forget these when I get to the end. Right. <laughs> um, respect, and I can't remember what the second R word is. Um, stewardship, because we want people who, because you have to have a giving heart. You've got to be giving back to people um, to do the work we do. And you got to get yelled at a lot. So you got to really have a little bit of tough skin. And then teamwork. And we all like operate in that and, and believe in you know high quality work. And we're always going to do that no matter what. And then we're going to have these other qualities. So one panelist is looking for, one of our team is looking for like, are you a good culture fit? One person is looking like, do you have the skill sets? And I tend to look for, are you going to get on my nerves? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, and because I can be, you know, I'm still an athlete. I'm still very strategic. I'm still an engineer. And so there are, there are certain times I'm going to be like, look, it's going to be this way. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and so we have to have that. But what we have found is by by interviewing that way with that sort of an eye, we have not had a whole lot of the wrong fit person. There's, there's, and there's nothing worse than hiring the wrong person. Oh, man, it's just. <laughs> I've done it a couple times. It is the worst. It's the, it's, and then you don't know what to do. Like Right. And then tracking down the organization, which is right. terrible. Right. So there, I had a I had a mentor who what gave me an analogy, right. and it was the best analogy. Um, what she said is, you don't ever want a sick fish in your office. Do you know what that means? So fish. the sick fish, if you think about like a fishbowl, right? One sick fish can kill all the fish, right? Mm-hmm. In the fishbowl, right? So when you see that one floating up at the top, you got to scoop him out because mm-hmm. he's going to ruin the water. He's going to ruin the ecosystem. Everybody dies. So what you look, what, what the sick fish looks like in your office is the person that you never go to, right? Because you're like, they're just going, this going to take them 10 hours or <laughs> they're going to use up all the billable time and I'm still going to have to do it over. Um, so like that philosophy, uh-huh. we're able to kind of find the, you know, all of our team is like hard workers. They all give extra time. I'm always like, y'all just take the rest of the afternoon off. Y'all have worked. You work too much. You know, that's the team that I have. And that's, you know, but we don't have any fish. Everybody pulls their weight. And so we're never like, 
oh, God, I got to work with that person. And that's why, like, that panel interview matters. You know, all of us working together, it, like, super, it matters. Because it you don't want that. It, it It's the worst feeling ever. Do you know that these people are sitting in front of the White House without masks? A thousand of them. One. I don't even know what's going on. Is it a rally? He's watching the RNC. The it's, it's Kaleo. I just can't. I just He's can't. watching the convention. <laughs> One thousand people. I've been. I've held off this long, but they are, and they are like this close together. Really? That's one thousand people with COVID right there. What on pandemic? The what yeah. pandemic? <sighs> um. Do you have? Do you remember your first employee that you hired? I do. Are they yeah. still with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> look, early, you got to kind of go through the early ones. Right, right, right. Okay. So, it, so it, was, it was a person that I knew, but it wasn't a good fit, you know? Yeah. And then I, I went through a few, and then my dad gave me the best. He was like, you can't interview by yourself. You like everybody. And I was like, oh. So my dad was a high school principal. So then my dad, for a while, my dad interviewed with me. Wow, that's crazy. It's cool. And it was awesome. It was so awesome. Because he, my dad has Parkinson's, right? And so he doesn't talk loudly anymore. So he wouldn't be loud, but I would look at him and I'm like, oh, he does not like that person at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would just, his face would be stoic. But I, you know, it's my daddy. I knew, I knew, and he would, yeah. And as soon as they walk out, that lady thinks she's about to run this company. You don't want her, you know? Um, and it was, it was really helpful in helping me like start to create this framework um, mm -hmm. for, but yeah, my, no, my first employee. Now, now my longest employee has been with me for half the time that I've had the company. So basically starting this last week, she's now been with me longer than the comp, you know, than half of the time of the company. Awesome. It's very disturbing. She keeps telling me. <laughs> she's the one who keeps telling. She's like, you know, I've been here, you know, she longer. Than know. <laughs> I've almost been here as long as you. I was like, right. oh, Lord. yeah. When you go put my name on there. <laughs> what's your What's your everyday involvement now? That now that you've grown. Uh, and you have a staff now. Like, what do you, what are your everyday? How how are you evolved from what you used to do to what you currently do? In That's the, in a, that is a work in progress. So what they say is you need to work on your business, not in your business. Mm. Uh, but my passion is my business, so I still keep a couple projects that are mine. Uh, they'll either be a passion project or. So there's like a project in Baltimore City that's like a passion project that I'm keeping. Um, it's the redevelopment of the waterfront. Like who who turns that down, by the way? Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a career maker, right? Um, so that one is one. And then I've got this uh, water, water project in Baltimore City that's huge. Um, so I still kind of dabble in that, but now more of a, a um, supervisory role. Um, but I think the my day to day, I have to. I'm I'm wearing a few too many hats still, so I'm trying to trying to drop a hat or two. But um, overall, like you know, I still have to get invoices. You know, tomorrow's payday. We had to get that done today. Um, but I've started bringing in the staff to make to help me get rid of some of the hats. 
So I've got a business manager, the one that I said praise all the time. Um, she prays for them checks to come in. And, uh, you know, lots of prayer. Um, but so, you know, I still have my business manager. She helps me navigate things a lot, you know, and be strategic. Um, and then I've got, you know, senior project managers that are kind of helping to, to make sure that the work we're doing is done well. They're building on our reputation. Um, but I do a lot. Now I'm, now I'm president of an organization called the Council of Minority, Minority Transportation Officials. Um, and by the way, oh, he's, he's not there. It was started on the campus. Of <laughs> um, nice. But uh, yeah, so I'm the president of the Maryland chapter. Um, I sit on the foundation board for the Women's Transportation Seminar, and that foundation board donates money for mentoring, training kids, getting them into STEM and transportation fields. Um, so I'm doing a little bit more of that as well as managing the day-to-day -day operations in the business. Those are the things, though, that like feed my soul. Right, like, how do I get more black people into this field? How do I get more women into this field? Let them be a black woman, and I feel like I have done my duty for the year. You know, getting these people to be engaged and interested, like that's that is. Uh, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, I feel like I was blessed to find what God intended for me to do early enough to actually be able to have a, a lifetime to do it. You know. Mm -hmm. So what, um, what's marketing? So that goes into business. How, how are you marketing your company uh, is my first question. And then do you have somebody handling your social media or all your, yeah. This is how I market. <laughs> I smile. I smile at everybody. Um, I, and I, I market really by doing good work, right? So the best way to, the best way to sell is like by being like the best of what you do. So uh, I talked about being like fiercely competitive. Cleo, you know that you've seen me like both of you know it because you guys have seen me cuss people out when they drop a pass. Like, what are you doing right now? Like, catch the ball. It's two hands. <laughs> Not rocket science, right? Um, but so I, I am like really competitive. And so one of the things I love about the diversity of my staff is like these young kids, like they're so smart that I, we literally have meetings and we talk about like brainstorming. That's literally our meeting. Let's brainstorm, let's brainstorm our way around this issue. And because all of us are doing that, um, we are constantly being innovative. Like we're bringing new innovations. We change the way we're doing our business. Um, so you're, when you're looking at your competition and you're trying to figure out why you're, you're excelling or why we're on an upward tra trajectory, it's because like we're constantly changing. So we might do it this way last year, but next year we're like, yeah, but we figured out that this, 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 and this need to change. Um, are you? I knew you were going to do that. My cat has now made her her presence known. <laughs> She's like, word, we're still on the phone. Like, um, Where's my so, attention? <laughs> yeah, well, like really, I've I've been quiet, but now it's time. But um, so what? Like so, that's really how I what we've done the market. We've done just really good work, and we do good work. I, in all fairness, right? I've had an a career that's lasted over twenty years, and I worked for 
a lot of the engineering companies that hire me. So I was their employee. They knew I was good at what I did. When I started my own company, they were like, got it. We already know. We have trained her anyway. One of my biggest clients is one of the, one of the companies I worked for the longest. Mm-hmm. And that, that one client, we have over a million dollars of work just with that one client, mm-hmm. right? Wow. So like that, that's, that is the best marketing. Uh, my right. social media, my, remember I mentioned that long-term employee that talks to me all the time? <laughs> she uh, has a marketing background, a journalism background. She loves social media. And um, so she's managed it. Last year, oh, best thing ever, we got an intern. Whew. That little girl had nothing to do but put, post stuff on social media. And, <laughs> and, and I feel good at it. Oh my God, they're just amazing. I was, she's like, um, I think, and, and she was like vocal. She's a young African-American girl. She lived in, she's from New York. Um, so she did her internship and COVID hit. She kept doing it for a while uh, from New York till she graduated from Maryland. So we, we decided to start and establish an internship program with our company and the University of Maryland, because it's close, right? Our office is close to College Park's campus, um, to try to encourage interns, uh, get them a chance to see real world. It's a win-win. I'm, you know, it's, finan- it's fiduciarily responsible to pay an intern. She gets real world experience. You know, she actually on our page, if you go to coll.com, she wrote a blog. And so she did a blog of her entire internship. And so that's sitting on our webpage. Um, and that's, you know, so those are the way. And then so now I have a 20 year old, 21 year old who shares that with all of her friends. She's probably got a million, you know, friends that <laughs> they get to look at her blog. They're now following us because, you know, so that's the way social media works. Um, right. And so, you know, doing things, you know, that, that kind of perpetuate the growth of our social media presence, that's what, you know, we do. So there's a there's somebody doing it, not me, which is nice. A, that's how you know it's perfect. We've been we've been looking for an intern for a long time because <laughs> this is a job. You think about it, they want and need real world experience, and and they'll take whatever real world experience it has. And all that the university asks of us is that we give them meaningful things to do and a meaningful experience. And we had more than enough work to do, so that wasn't a problem. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so we, we, we kind of touched bases on some things, some other things that you're into. I mean, you me and E know you from an, another another life. Yeah. Uh I, I just I just want to show C B and Superfly and E uh some of the things that me and E have have uh gotten while we were with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Championship. You don't do so, it. You don't win. Don't play. So yeah, if, if for y'all that don't know, for people that are still watching, appreciate you watching. Uh Didi and I we met on a flag football field, believe it or not. And um it's been like <clears throat> Almost, it's been years. We were still playing at Gravelly Point. We were. I was, I was twenty when we started playing. And so mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's been some years. I've I've but, played for like twenty years. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, it's yeah. been about that long almost. And it's just the whole nother world. Like you to see the business side of you, but then to, yeah. to know you from the, the football field, and it's just night and day. But again, your personality transfers over well to both of them because how you seem as a, a business owner is definitely how you are on the football, on the football field as well. I'm intense. <laughs> Oh, uh, we'll, we'll touch base on that for a little bit. What um, do you have? One football memory that sticks out to you? For, are you still playing? First of all, well, right up until the pandemic. Oh, okay. Because uh, what I don't, I don't really, I'm not really down for that catching COVID because I wanted to get a, catch a football thing. I'm just not. Um, but uh, I guess if you ask any people who played with me. It's whenever I've scored a touchdown because it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> I remember every single time. I play center, right? I'm the center. Um, in flag, you in flag, the center can be one of your and right in you too, right? Very focal, very that's a very focal point of the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, the quarterback, you're the easiest person to see, and you can be a receiver in eight-man flag, right? And so, dear God, if I'm gonna get one. I'm not going to get a touchdown. You're going to feel it. Like you're going to feel so bad. Uh, so I, you know, when I've caught touchdowns on men, oh. let him hear it. Let him oh, hear no. it. <laughs> and they're so, you know, and I played with some of the best quarterbacks, I will say. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and, and having played with these really good quarterbacks and have, and being a center, you know, they, you have to have a relationship with them. And so like, playing and I remember my brother-in-law who happens to be my coach um we were playing co-ed in at gravelly point and I kept telling him I was open and he wouldn't throw me the ball because sometimes I drop the ball right it didn't happen. <laughs> I was so bad I was just like furious with him and I was in the end zone and he wouldn't throw it and I was like dude like you've got it <laughs> Oh yeah, and you'd hear about it for weeks. When I score a touchdown, everybody <laughs> hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite quarterback. <laughs> um, that I was so mad, and so he was like, "If I throw it, you better catch it." And our egos were like con conflicting, so he drilled it. Like normally, he put touch on the ball. You know, I'm throwing to a female. Let me put touch on the ball. He's a left-handed quarterback, so it spirals the wrong way. And he drilled it, but we were both so high on our own ego that it like left an imprint. I caught it, but it came so hard that like I caught it and it like I you know I had to bring it to me because it was otherwise I would have dropped it. But I was not gonna drop that ball. No way. Touchdown. We won the game, and I was like, I told you I was gonna catch it, and he was like, I told you not to drop it. And like we're fist bumping and we're all excited, but I, I, you know what led to it was like a bunch of stupid, and then we scored and we won. But it was stupid leading up to that moment. And like I remember that's one of those moments that I remember, like getting and that ball, my hand stung for days. Like he drilled it. I remember that, but I also remember winning championships, and so winning, winning those championships, especially in all women's football. I was gonna say that was one of my that moment stuck out for me when we went the time you were there went to Florida, yeah. And I think ESPN had we lost five men in the semis, right? Yeah. And eight man was early, and then uh, 
ridiculous ridiculousness, right? That was the thing that we got put out right back to back games. And then like the only glimmer of hope we had left was Lady All Met. And like those were like like intense games. games. Lady All Met and um what's, what's the what's Tim's team name? Um Oh most wanted. Wanted. Yeah. It was like East and West Coast. There was Biggie yeah. and Pac out there. Yeah, it was real. And and you just like, you, you know, we're running down, the, we're, we were a running team and then we would pass. So you just kind of didn't know what we, but we, when we would run the ball, people would move. They they just decided they weren't willing to get hit. You know, right. um, you'd, you'd be like, oh, I got her, I got her. And you're looking at her backing up. You're like, what are you doing? Come in, come get some, you know. <laughs> um, but it like that was and I like uh, Ebony. One of the things I used to love, we would be running the ball. She'd hand it off to the running back, and then she's the quarterback. She'd take a hit too. She's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a little bit of this hit in action." It would just really be. It was like a, um, it was, it was like a, a religious experience playing with these with all these women that loved the sport. Um, and when we, you know, at, at a point, we were the, the three-time national champs and nobody, like the men would leave the men's field. They're like, oh, what time y'all play? I'm be there. And they'd be on the sideline. You know, we couldn't get down our own sideline, but it was like an amazing feeling to have that. Um, and I, I think I operate still from that like level of intensity, right? You're gonna be good at if you're gonna do something, be good at it. If you're gonna be good at it, be great at it. Um, and I kind of operate like that with everything. So right now I ride a bike. All, that's what I do, and I ride like 50 miles, and I, you know, as fast as I can. <laughs> so, that's it. <laughs> right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what? So what got you into flag football? I don't, I don't think I've ever know what got you out there. Um. What? What? Uh, my sister got me into flag football. But what happened was we were like the, so look, I, look I'm look, i up in my house sweating buckets. So I need to turn the S thermostat down. I don't know what's going on, but it feels like it's 90 degrees in here. And it, it is, it's almost 90. Okay, turn that up. Um, no, it's, it's, it's like 76 or something like that. But I'm like, that's, that's a little warm. <laughs> um, it's basically 90. So it's, like, it's essentially 90, 76, 90, same thing. Uh, I got into it. There, a woman walked up to my sister in the gym and was like, hey, you look athletic. You should come out and play flag football. And she was like, okay. And so she called me and my sister and I are super close. And um, I was, we were at the time playing softball on like a, a school team or something like that. So I played softball first, actually. Uh, I, I don't play softball anymore. But I played softball. I was um, a surprising person because I would come up at bat right. And the third time I'd come up to bat, I'd come switch. up like I was going right, and I'd switch and then I'd bat left. <laughs> and and I, I found that out by accident that I actually batted stronger left because uh, I have astigmatism. So I could see the ball faster in my left eye than my right eye. Uh, isn't that weird? And and so it would throw people off because, you know, guys especially underestimate women playing sports. So the guys would all line up 
you know, to the right because they knew where I was going to. And then here I'd come and I'd like hard bunt it because I'm not super fast, <laughs> right? I just need to get on base, right? Mm. Or I need to get somebody home. That's it. So then I'd like hard, do a hard line drive like between that like right up the uh, first base, which they weren't expecting because every other time I batted, mm. I came down the third baseline and I could get that player home. And like that was, I liked that. Um, but it's so it's, I've always like liked sports, but in high school, I was a miler. I ran the mile. Wow. Wow. So we gave you a little bit of homework to do um, as we as we begin to wrap up. Uh, I actually get top three movies and your top three albums. So start with the movies. We ask everybody this, and it's always interesting to see where people take it. So let's start with your movies. What's your top three movies? So this is a reflection of where I grew up. <laughs> I just I'm starting off with that. <laughs> I have to say that. No Sixteen judgment. Candles. <laughs> Sixteen Candles, Top Gun, and then Love and Basketball. Okay. 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 It's not bad. Sixteen not bad. Candles. Okay. Sixteen Candles, classic. John Hughes. Okay. Shout out classic. And it was like I, the thing is, I think that's when I first started feeling like an adult or like a teenager, and I was watching like what teenage growing up should be. Right. Uh, so. That's one of those movies when you watch today, you realize, like, you know, how PC we are now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and did anything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Great, though. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a classic. And then um, I watch every time it comes on. Oh, Tom Dunnis is a classic. Uh, yeah. We've heard of Love and Basketball before. That, so that, that that's still a, that's been a rotation. Yeah. Uh, do albums, the top three albums. Okay. Purple Rain. Like, okay. I'm a child of the. Like, Look, you don't have to explain that one. I just Right. I mean, right. What do you. Right. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which is also a classic. And uh, yeah, top, top to start to finish. And uh, Window Seat. Erica Badu. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey. I, I, I can't new, argue with anything. That's like, New America Part Two. The New, yeah, America, new America Part Two, but it's window mm -hmm. seat that always like gets me. Right. Yeah. So song. I was like, there's so much there. And you know, I one of my favorite songs is I Am Not My Heir. Have mm -hmm. you ever heard the song? Mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, right? Indy Ari. Yeah. Mm -hmm. India Ari song, and it's it's really I, I it reflects a time in my life when I still wore my hair straight, like with the creamy crack and everything, and I remember when I made that transition from relaxing my hair to wearing it natural and walking into the office, uh, I I decided like I'm gonna do cornrows to kind of get there to, to, to transition, mm -hmm. and uh, so I've been wearing my hair natural for a while. Um, you know, cornrows, braids, you know, different stuff. And it had grown and I decided to like press it. And uh, I walked into the, one of the, one of my offices where I was working and this guy, one of the senior PMs on this project, like he was walking his own way. He beelined it, right? And came over, he's like, your hair looks so beautiful today. Um, and I went home, I washed out 
my press. And the next day I came with my hair looking like yours, Kaleo, with a pick. I went <laughs> four beauty supply stores looking for a pick with the with the fist, the on, fist it. on it. <laughs> Couldn't find it. But I just I just put a pick in it. And the next day I went looking for him, like trying to make him say something to me. I could mm -hmm. not find that man anywhere in that building. But it was the last time I straightened my hair. It was mm -hmm. the last and uh, so I've had, you know, I've had locks for over 10 years. And, and it's because I said, you know, you shouldn't have defined, that shouldn't have been the first time you saw me. You should have been able to see me every day. Um, and I think it kind of goes full circle to what we started off talking at. I don't get to choose what I look like every day. I don't get to, I didn't choose to, to be uh, an officer and put my life on the line. Uh, I, I came out like this. And this is what I look like every day. And and that's like my authentic me. And that's it. Yeah. Well said. All right. Um, well said. So we transition. We, we normally wrap up the show with, uh, we have our shoe segment because we're all into shoes. Uh, so we started a segment uh, a couple weeks ago called Copper Drop. And so CB gives me the shoe and we... We go over all the things about the shoe, and we decide if we want, if we will buy it or not buy it. So top it mean, take it, drop it mean, we leave it. So tonight's copper drop. CB, yeah. tell me drop. about what we're looking at. <laughs> because we can't do Jordans every week. <laughs> Got to find some shoes that are not Jays. So, you know, last week we did the dunks. This time we're throwing out these uh, blue. Yeezy 700 V3s. These uh, the V3 don't have boost in them. Um, yes. But for mo it, it, for anyone that wears Yeezys or is a Yeezy fan of the shoes, a lot of the colorways have been very bland and very similar. And so this is actually something a little bit different for it to actually have some color on it. So um, I've I don't have a pair of the V3s, but uh, at least for me. I'm going to still be still be waiting. That's just me personally. Where? Uh, I mean, they look super comfortable. I like the I like the colorway. Do you have the V3s, Kaleo? Uh, not these uh, in particular. Um, right, right. My hands on on these right here. Uh, I have the the minivans. Right, right, right. The that right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the orange. Yeah, if I could take those, I, I would. I would cop those. Mm -hmm. Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> we know how Superfly is going to be every single time with those, but right. you know. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you can answer, DD, if you if you had a chance on those. Not a chance. <laughs> They're super. I'm, I'm like classic Reebok. Okay. Can't go wrong with those. Like Can't that. go wrong with that. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Copper Drop leads us into For the Soul, which is the last segment of the show. Uh, now, this is where we pull out a shoe that's in the collection, something that we recently got, something that we haven't got, you know, or something we recently got, something we haven't bought in a while is in the collection. So I think I'll, I'll lead off tonight, right, since I closed out last week. Uh, and we said that said everything can't always be Jordans, but tonight... <laughs> Tonight is Jordan. When they're those Jordans. When they're these Jordans. Um, so. Let's 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, the Off-White the, 4. The sale joints. Wow. Stupid. Still dead stock. Never, never warm yet. Yep. How are they in hand? Uh, hey, nice. I mean, I've got a pair of the the bread for the the all red fours that came out like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they've got the little spongy feel on them. Camera's backwards. Spongy feel on the inside, so you can see all the my lights mm-hmm. do bright. Got that. Um, the sole is actually pretty comfortable. I don't know what kind of kind of sole they use on the inside. I mean, it's, it's decent. So more comfortable than a, a normal four. Uh yeah, I think they done did something a little different with these. So, yeah, but then they got, even got the air on the side. I don't know if you saw that. So. Yeah. Yep. You just right, always so. was just pulling out something slight every week. Just yeah, oh, this slight, is slight $2,000 parachute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know something is up when he's like, all right, guys, and he just pulls the Dior's out, and we're just like, come on, oh, bro. No, like, <laughs> are any of the babies going to college? Like, where did that money come from? Right. <laughs> I'm not, Virtual I'm not college. Dior. <laughs> all right. Who's up next? I'll go. I'll go. Um, I posted the. I got these earlier in the week. These were oh, a. These were a restock. Um, nothing super crazy, but uh, New Balance. Um, this is the uh, from their Animal Pack. So, what's cool about these joints is they got like a zebra print on the front, and then like a cheetah print. A yeah. 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 Um, so you know. Maybe yeah. for me. <laughs> there it is, right yeah. there. Yeah, these joints. So, you know. Don't be jumps. Don't be jumps. I got nothing this week. I don't got nothing. This week. <laughs> okay, Superfly comes out right. every now and then. He'll he'll have something for us. I but... come with the I come with the heat, but yeah, right, not every right. Week. I'm inconsistent with the heat. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I got some. I, I got something. I got some real old school. Uh, but real quick, there was this. Uh, a story about Didi that uh, it wasn't my first introduction with Didi, but uh, how I knew her competitive nature. Uh, it was we were playing whoever, killing them. I'm, I'm sure, and uh, we were playing around a little too much for her uh, her liking, and she yelled at every single one of us in the uh, in the huddle and on the sideline, and was so upset that we was taking it lightly, and then like. Whatever it was, she said, it clicked. And I think we ran off like four touchdowns in a row. The defense got their stuff together. And she looked at me and she said, that's how we play. And I was like, um, yeah, that's why I'm on this team because of that right there. But it still stuck to me because, I mean, she she was at – she she went, she took the ball. She was at the, the line of scrimmage with the ball while we were just sitting there looking like, yo, what just happened? And I was like, I don't even play offense. And I, don't, I, I just started. Like, I was just like, this is crazy. But – uh. Yeah, DD's hella competitive. So I'm gonna bring out old school. I'm gonna call it the old school Searsucker Air Force Ones. Whew, these nice. are my these are the uh uh what I call my Easter edition. Got the Searsucker on the front. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. The inside has got the waffle padding. Yep. Yeah. I remember those. These are these are the ones that I had to I had to hit. Uh because I remember actually I saw Fat Joe with these oh, yeah. ones. 
I saw Fat Joe with these on uh, a version of these, and I remember I, for some whatever reason I had to get I had to get a pair, and I got lucky enough to cop the Searsucker one. Which, again, if I'm correct, there was only a very limited drop with these uh, because of the pattern. So, you got a suit I, or a jacket to go with them joints? No, nah, I'm definitely not rocking it like that. That's not happening. <laughs> <on my behalf. laughs> that that that'll get that'll get a summertime, you know, Cali wear, you know what right. I mean, something like that. But that's that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. That's All a right. good one. We want to thank everyone for watching. We had some some the room is, was kind of big tonight, and people are still watching. So we want to thank everybody for watching. Let's let's get this, this last one more comment with Uptowns for us New York Yonkers. New Yorkers. Yorkers. Oh, New Yorkers. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm about, the Air Force Ones. There you go. How long you did you get those E? Man, I was I was out there. I was uh that was like two like two thousand uh two thousand eight, matter of fact. That's exactly the year Still I look in good shape. Still look good condition. Yeah. That was a good year, two thousand eight. Yeah. But in 2020. <laughs> uh, we want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, I want to thank DD for joining us tonight from Acido Consultants. Please plug all of your stuff. Plug all your stuff before we go. Uh, we definitely went overtime tonight, but the conversation was just so real and good tonight. So it's good. Um, Thanks for having me. No, plug all your stuff for people um, who are watching. And yeah, where can they find you? Yeah. So uh, you can follow us at, at Aceto LLC or at Aceto Consulting, I believe, is what we are on Facebook. Other, uh, otherwise, it's at Aceto LLC. Our email, our website is acetoLLC.com. Uh, our IG is at Aceto LLC. So we're, we're all over the place. We're, we're working on it. We got a YouTube channel. We just don't have anything up there yet. Um, but my intern, she put that together. There you so, go. That's there good. Go. And uh, and you can and you can also find me at comptomaryland.org, which is the organization that I was just telling you about. Where we're building that website as we speak. Um, and I'm also on wtsinternational.org as a foundation director. So look for me in all those places and on mm-hmm. Howard University's Civil Engineering Advisory Board. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, super, <laughs> super fly. Um, we get we, we getting any twitch this weekend? Uh, it's looking it's looking doubtful just based on the stuff I got lined up for the weekend. But um, you never know. If I got some time, I'll make it happen. Um, at Superfly TNT everywhere. So y'all know what it is. Yep. And you can find us. We are something else on YouTube. So everybody who's watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe. I've never said that before, but all that good stuff. Like, subscribe to our page. We're trying to get that plaque. And what the rate we're going about 10 years from now. <laughs> we might we might be halfway there. Um Instagram. Uh YouTube Instagram was that Google Play, Google Play. iTunes, yep. SoundCloud for if you want to work out and just listen to the audio. Uh, but yeah, we're just Google. We're, we're everywhere. We are something else. Uh, so we want to thank everyone for watching. And my free, my free piece of advice: you should have all of your hashtags showing up Uh-oh. constantly. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Way, if you want to make sure people, follow, I said my free advice: if you want people to follow you um, and to see it, you want your hashtags to show up 
in this in uh, in the screen so that when people yep. see it they may not know what it is but let them see it and follow you that way yep perfect um yeah, yeah, thank you everyone this was a branding great 101 yep <laughs> <laughs> she's a professional exactly. get up stand up uh so thank you everybody for watching have a great thank night you guys, guys. Thank you. All right, stay in the stay in the room dd stay in the